Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Morning of Baptisms, recorded Sunday, April 11th, 2021. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. Water is God's extraordinary way of using the most simple things to make the biggest points. The simplest raw material. When consumed, water hydrates us. When we bathe in clean water, it refreshes us, it cleanses us. When it's boiled, it disinfects. The simple combination of hydrogen and oxygen is the most precious commodity on earth. Baptism in water is a picture of what God is doing on the inside of a person, only you get to see it happen. It's, it's, it's something where you see God weaving a story in a person's life, but I want to tell you, it goes way back to the very beginning of time. Baptism and the communion table are how the story is told, God's story. Now, if you grew up in a church like this or this church, you could probably say these words in your sleep because uh, we talk about these words at a high level here. They're found in Acts chapter 238. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this verse is impactful because the, right after the resurrection of Christ, about 50 days after, 3,000 people heard those words. And that day in the city of crucifixion, they were raised themselves from the dead. They joined him in the water. Now, if you were this last week, you heard how Jesus and his core followers went into Jerusalem. He said, you go in. I'm gonna, I have a message for you. And then they had this ex- extraordinary experience where, where a sermon was preached by, by Peter, one of his core followers. He came to tell them what they already knew and to answer their questions. They knew Jesus was raised. That How else can you explain the courage of the apostles to go into the city of crucifixion? except that everyone in the city was waiting for someone to tell them how could a man, Jesus, be crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. And so he came and he told them and he gave a sermon and he told them, repent, be baptized, received his gift, become part of him, be made new, be cleansed. Baptism is a word that we don't use every day, but it's the kind of word we use. The word means to dunk, like your Oreo cookies, blunk, in. How many of you are dunkers? I'm a dunker. You, 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 those of you who don't dunk, I can't understand it. So the only way you can endure those nasty cookies is to dunk them. And, and in a sense, that's kind of how we are. We're kind of nasty at times. We need to be dunked too. Baptizing by, baptism by immersion is how we do it at this church. It means we don't just sprinkle, we don't pour water, we, we dunk you. Why is that important? Because the word baptism means immerse. That's what it means. And by the way, it's how Jesus was baptized. It's how those first 3,000 believers were baptized. And it's how everyone in the New Testament who underwent baptism, it's the method they, were, they used. And, so, and there's a reason. It tells a story. So you're plunged into water. That's baptism. Now, there's something that, there's another term that, that 
is used to describe this. It's, the term is believer's baptism. Basically, that means we don't baptize babies. We don't baptize young children. We don't baptize people who don't have the intellectual capability to receive Christ themselves. Why is that? Because baptism is to be a response of faith, a response to following Christ. And so this is something that, that a person, when they understand the consequences of living apart from God, they know this is their step to be made right with God. And, and so I'm happy to say that prayerfully, if something would happen to a baby and they would, they would die, or a child, or a person with disabilities that don't allow them to believe in Christ, I'm happy to say for their sake, they're safe. They're okay. God will take care of that. As a matter of fact, they have a straight shot to God, so in a sense, they're better than the rest of us. But there's probably a better term than believer's baptism. I would say that term is repenter's baptism because that's what we're told to do. And that's another one of those church words, kind of a scary-sounding word. But really, repent is just a simple word. It means to reorient. It means to do like a course correction or a U-turn in life, to change your mind and to change toward going away from yourself to God. That's what it means. It's as simple as that. You're making a course correction. Not me, but him. I'm going to put my life in his hands. Peter, the same Peter who preached that sermon in Acts 2, calls baptism an appeal to God for a good conscience in 1 Peter 3.21. How does that sound, by the way? An appeal to God to get rid of the shame and the remorse, the broken heart that we've allowed to get broken and has been broken by others. A new beginning. Jesus gives you a, a new start. Some churches will have you say something called the sinner's prayer. Some of you have said a prayer like that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with sinners praying. That's, you should do that every day probably, but... We try to do things the way the Bible tells us, and here's what I'm here to say to you today. Baptism is the sinner's prayer. It's an unforgettable prayer that's visual. It's experienced by all the senses. And, and we believe, by the way, that you're not saved by baptism. You're coming for baptism, and that's a prayer. That's a acted out prayer of a person who believes in Jesus, who's ready to take their life in a different direction, one that he directs. It's the prayer where you appeal to his mercy, where you appeal to forgiveness. It's a new beginning. It's the story that Peter told. It's the story that Jesus himself acted out. And we believe the story needs to be told by you. We repent and we're baptized. And the scripture says, so that our sins may be forgiven. Baptism changes your perspective. It changes your direction, and it frees you. You step into the water, and the symbolism is thick. I mean, you enter the water with the story of the past. You have a journey that brought you to this point of decision, and you have to decide today, am I going to continue to live my life according to me and according to the circumstances that have been piled onto me over the last 15, 30 years? 75 years, whatever your, your life is? 
Am I willing to start over a new life journey? And by the way, if you're going to have a new life, you need a companion, you need a guide. Peter says you're going to have that, and it's really powerful. He says that when you're baptized, you're going to have the ultimate life coach. He says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now that's, I know that's strange because you're thinking, what is that and how does that work? And there's a lot of misconceptions about that. But the Holy Spirit is how God helps you live God's way. Throughout the Bible, we see that the Holy Spirit nurtures, matures us, comforts us when we're in distress, guides us, encourages us, because we're in a new life. And in this new life, we need help, because the old world still exists. So we need his spirit to walk with us. And by the way, his spirit unites his body, the church. That's how you're a part of a larger story than your own, by the Holy Spirit uniting you with the body of Christ on earth. So this is more or less how we've been told the story of baptism through Jesus' first followers. It's how we will continue to tell this story here at Third City. It's what I believe God did for me when I was baptized and how he'll do the same for you when you are. For those of you who will be baptized today, it begins with an understanding. I am a person who needs to start over. I am a person who has sin that I can't deal with apart from help outside of myself. I am a person who needs cleansed from my past. I need a fresh start. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to be a part of God's work in this world, and I know that this is a step that I take to honor him in that. I believe that Jesus is the one and only Son of God who can give me those those assurances. Now, by the way, I've tried. I've, I've tried self-improvement. I've, I've tried just being a good person. I've, I've tried religion. But when I came to the end of me, I realized that nothing could ever, I could never do enough to, to honor God the way he deserves. And here's why. Because I fall far short of his glory, of his, of his goodness. And so I turned to Christ and I believed in him, and, 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 I, and I said a prayer, and I showed a prayer I'll never forget. I was 12 years old, and I had been to church camp, and I realized I needed to follow Christ. I came back home that weekend, and on a Sunday night, my brother Jack and I, we went forward in a church like this, and we said those simple words of confession you heard earlier by those who placed their membership And then I remember going into a baptistry, much like this one that you're going to witness today or maybe take part in, we hope, we pray. And it was a a prayer. God, here I am. God, I know I need you. God, I need you to flow through me, to cover my sins, my imperfections. Wash all of that away. And I love him. And if you love him, he wants to love you today this way. On that first day of the church, about 2,020 years ago, when Peter got up and he gave this message, 3,000 people took that course correction, and they were baptized that day. They all got dunked in water. 
They all believed God would forgive their sins. They all believed that they would start a new life, have a fresh start. And they all believed that they would have the power to live that life through the help of the Holy Spirit. And they all believed that they would do it together in the body of Christ as the church. And so you are coming today for a new beginning. Now, by the way, that was not a strange idea to them. It might be to you, but it wasn't to them. Because this is a story they had heard before in different ways. So, for instance, they understood that water purification, that's a thing. So, uh, for instance, the Jewish communities in the first century had cisterns that held water. And that water was used for all kinds of religious purification ceremonies. They grew up learning from the Torah. And they learned that, that when you come into contact with anything that's impure that you need to have ceremonial cleansing. And so they would be baptized for that cleansing. It's the story they live by. This just took it a new direction. They grew up memorizing stories like the one found in 2 Kings chapter 5 about a man named Nahum, who, Naaman, who, Naaman was the Syrian general. He was a Gentile. And he had leprosy, a horrible disease. And and he came to the prophet Elisha and asked for help. And Elisha didn't even come to see him. He just sent his servant and said, now you just go down and wash in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be cleansed. He kind of argued about it. He said, well, I can, if I'm, I can wash my, in a river in Syria where the water's actually clean. Why would I go to that mud hole? And his servant politely reminded him, sir, if he would have told you to do something crazier than that, you would have done it. Why won't you do this? So Naaman did it. He went down into that water and went down under seven times. We only baptize you once. He did seven. He surrendered to God, and God healed him on the spot. Clean, purified. It's the story of purification. Baptism is a story of how God rescues you. In Exodus, God saved the Israelites by leading them through the Red Sea. They'd been slaves in Egypt. And in this action, if you remember the story, you've seen the movies, you know, they, they go through the, the, on dry land, and then when the enemy comes in to pursue them, the water really baptizes them. It takes them out. In baptism, God drowns your greatest enemy, death. The Apostle Paul actually described the deliverance of Israel in the Red Sea as baptism. He says, our ancestors were all baptized in the cloud and in the sea in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's how God saves us. It's the story of how God remakes your world by saving you. Way, way back in the days of Noah, the earth was so full of violence and evil that God sent a flood to purify the world. Only Noah and his family were saved along with the animals that were on the ark. You know the story. You've seen the movie. And so it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness is over the surface of the waters. There's chaos, there's darkness. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. So it's also the story of how God brings harmony into your chaos. How he brings harmony into your chaos. It's an amazing point. At this point, God spoke into the chaos, and he said, and it says he, you know, so the world was formless, it was empty, and here's this water, and he's hovering over the water, the spirit, which is kind of interesting, that's laid in there too. And then, it, and it just shows that how God created everything, and then in the summary verse, it says what he created, it was very good. 
In the creation story, there's water, there's the spirit hovering over the water, there's the voice of God declaring what's good. It's also the story of how God is pleased. Baptism shows us. You know, when Jesus came to the Jordan River, he was 30 years old, he brought this whole story together in his baptism. Jesus was baptized not because he had sins to forgive, he was sinless. According to Matthew chapter 3.15, Jesus said, I have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. It's his way of saying, this is the right thing to do because it fits the story. The story of creation, the story of Noah, the story of the Egyptians and Israel in that period of time. It's the story of Acts chapter 2, and it could be your story today. Jesus was born, he lived, he suffered, he knew the shame, he knew knew what death is because he died for us. He died in solidarity with us so he could defeat death for us so so that we could be raised to new life with him. All that imagery of him being crucified, buried, and raised is seen in this story, this visual prayer that many of you are going to say today, the prayer that baptism shows you. There are a number of people who have made a decision before this morning to let Jesus rewrite the story, and they're ready to be baptized. If you're one of those people, by the way, and you've made that decision, you can make your way to these east doors right now. We want you to go now so you can get ready. And, uh, and if you've made a decision this morning, you weren't thinking you were going to do this, but you're thinking, you know, this is going to be the day. You can go too. Go at this time. Because we hope they're not the only ones. Today, our prayer is that some of you will experience the unforgettable story that is your story. That you will let God reach into the chaos of your life and create something new. That today you will receive the same spirit that was present in creation, that was present with the Israelites when they crossed the Red Sea, that was present with Jesus when he was baptized, that, was, that came to be a part of the early believers in Acts chapter 2, those 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. In Romans 8.16, Paul says the same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. And today, he will be pleased and ready to embrace you as his child if you will say this prayer with him. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul tells us, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things has gone, have gone away, and look, all, I've made all things new. The new things have arrived. And near the close of the Bible, in Revelation 21, 1, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The old will pass away and the new will come. Because God has defeated darkness and chaos among his people. The story baptism tells us is a continuation of the story. A new heavens, a new earth, a new person because of Jesus light in our darkness, order from chaos, life out of death, because God is light and God is life. I'm doing a new thing, it says in Isaiah 43, 19. I'm making all things new. How do you get written into God's story? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism shows that picture unfolding.
It's a visual, physical representation of a prayer where God uses the most ordinary, everyday element on earth to restore, to remake, and to resurrect your life. It's where he does this new thing, and he gives you a new life. Like Naaman, you will be cleansed. Like 3,000 people on that first day of the church, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you will join the fellowship of the body of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, we're going to commune now and we're going to allow those who have decided to say this baptism prayer today to, to get ready so we can experience their new life in Christ. It'll be beautiful, remarkable as we see their prayer unfold. And Lord, there's probably still some people in this room today that you're moving and working to make this decision. I pray that they will not wait, that they'll just say, you know what, what am I waiting for? I need to get up. I need to go. I need to call on his name because I need, I need a fresh start. In this Lord's Supper, we're reminded of the price you paid to purchase that new life when you gave your life, died, and, was, and were raised from the dead. And so, Lord, we're going to celebrate that at this moment. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org, call us at 308-384-5038, or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.